Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful with myself and Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is a former PWF heavyweight champion, a former PWF tag team champion, a former action wrestling champion, a former action wrestling tag team champion, a former BLP tag team champion, a former C4 tag team champion, a former IWTV independent wrestling tag team champion, the current reigning and defending SUP tag team champion, and DPW world tag team champion, along with his partner, Dominic Greeny as Violence is Forever. Our guest today is Kevin Koo. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And how are you doing today? Yeah, great. How are you guys? <laughs> doing great. Doing great. Um, <laughs> quite the list of accolades. <laughs> yes, yes, You've won a lot of titles. You've won no, a lot of titles. titles. That's not even all of them there. That's just the ones that you know, I wanted to highlight in the intro. But yeah, great and cold. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for That's joining been, us, man. Been, uh... Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah. Um, so just full disclosure, before we get started, I wanted to uh, just kind of let everyone know um, a little background for like myself as a fan, because it's very connected to you in a lot of ways. You might not even know this, but um, and this is a big reason why I really wanted to interview you today is um, years ago, um, you know, I interviewed you around the time mm-hmm. that Southern Underground Pro started, you and Jesse. And that was at a time in my fandom where like, I was kind of like one foot in one foot out on like the WWE product. I didn't know a whole lot about like the independent scene and you guys were starting this local company and I credit SUP and what you guys did there really like reinvigorating my love as a fan. And without that and without the connections I made through that company, I would never have this job with Fightful. So like, I wanted to thank you first and foremost for everything you did with that company because it really like, it really made me a fan again. Oh, that's really awesome to hear. I, I appreciate that because, like, when me and Jesse started, like, in our interview, I'm pretty sure I said, like, we never set out to be, uh, like, the biggest indie company in the world or anything like that. We just wanted to have fun with our friends. And I hope I hope that really translated to the fans and people watching, like, even the wrestlers there. Like, we just wanted to have a good time with people. And I'm glad that it helped you out coming back into the independent scene. Oh, big time. And I made a lot of great friends there. Like, you know, guys like Moe's and girls like Kayla and stuff like people I didn't know at all that are just other wrestling fans that I got to meet through Nashville and that whole scene. And um, I actually saw the other day on Twitter that you guys are still running shows for SUP, but you're currently like looking for a venue. Um, So that's kind of where things are at right now. It's up. It sounds like. Yeah, it's a bit hard because I live in Chicago now and a lot of like the venues we used to run in Nashville got taken over by Live Nation. So, like, they're not, like, even Basin East is taking over by Live Nation now, so it's, like, a lot harder to get shows that, like, aren't done by, like, talent agents and shit like that done, like, booked there. So, it's just, like, it's been a process and a really large headache because, like, we took some time off so I could move and get settled, and then I tried to find a place at the beginning of the year, but then that's when everything switched over to Live Nation, and then I've, I just have not gotten any good responses from, from anyone. Gotcha. Well, it's good to know that like, it's still going. Cause you know, Alec Price is out there with that title and you know, there's a lot of, yeah. business going on. <laughs> so, 
um yeah. but yeah I, I i miss seeing those shows a lot so i'm hoping uh hoping that gets big you know figured out soon but i would i, would, I love seeing that tweet though i was like okay because i didn't know what the future of self was i had no idea so it was good to know mm-hmm. that you're just trying to find a venue right now yeah we're all trying i mean me and like dylan hales obviously helps a lot and he's just he's busy with his own stuff too so it's just like again it's not like uh, a super priority where like we feel like we have to run a show because we want to run a show. If we run a show, we want it to be proper and we want to have fun with it. We don't want like the stress of like, Oh, we have to run the show because that's the expectation of everyone. No, we just want, we want to have fun and run a show. So we're just waiting for like the right venue and the right time. Well, and you know, simultaneously to that company's, you know, success on the, you know, the independent level and especially like in the Southeast, you yourself along with dominic greeny like you guys like really blew up over you know the last handful of years um what has all that been like i mean not because it's hard enough just to juggle your own career i'm sure but you're also trying to like promote shows and you're traveling to other countries i mean like you're you're busy as hell yeah i mean it really started like in october 2019 when we went over to wxw for the tag tournament there and then a lot of momentum happened and then obviously the pandemic happened. So things shut down, but then it, it was weird because we, I feel like we were some of the few people that really came out good during the pandemic era of wrestling. Like we really kind of took a step back and reinvented ourselves and like looked at who we wanted to be as wrestlers and like as people. So that like, I think the like, what, six seven months that there weren't shows going on like really helped us reevaluate things because we couldn't do anything else but just like you know bullshit with each other or watch wrestling or like talk about this talk about that and think about what's going to happen when we come back uh and you'll see like who really took that time during that period to better themselves and like where they are now and like it helped us a lot because obviously like we went to WXW, went back to WXW, went to Progress. We just came back from Japan. Like, we go to Canada every month. It's just, like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and all those titles that you that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, like, 90% of those have happened since the pandemic. Like, since the shows came back from the pandemic. So it's only been, like, two years that we've had all those. So it's been, like, it's hard to, like, really sit back and – uh, appreciate things and that's what I've been trying to do more of because last year me and Dom both had 100 matches each so like that's a lot in a year for independent wrestlers that like don't have any sort of backing behind them uh, so like we really took took our time with it this year so far where like we wanted to think about more quality than quantity things uh, and also our bodies were starting to fall apart last year <laughs> <laughs> Working, working the schedule, you guys, uh, you guys work. I would imagine you would need breaks every now and again. But I, w- I want to touch on something you, you mentioned about the pandemic and like taking time to kind of evaluate things. So, what did you like do and look at and try to piece together during the pandemic that you guys came out of it? And I mean, look, violence is forever to to me one of, if not the absolute best uh, independent tag team out there. So, like, what what did you do specifically in the p- pandemic? Like, okay this is what we need to do once everything kind of returns to normal. Uh, me specifically, I really like took better care of like nutrition and like my body. So I was the best possible person I could be like coming through the pandemic and like working through shows through there. Um, and then we really like 
we were always the tag team where we both loved like early to to mid 2000s ring of honor but we never i don't think we ever really conveyed that in our wrestling so like once once we were like during the pandemic and we were talking about what we're going to do when we come back i think we really like started to dial that in and like i think that that's our current style right now and i think that that's what people are really gravitating to right especially with like the relaunch of ring of honor um people are really remembering like that was the golden era of independent wrestling to, to, to a lot of people, like most everyone that we talked to, like at the merch table or like wrestlers in the back, like that's what they watch and they'll go back and watch. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, and speaking of ring of honor, I mean, like, obviously I'd like to see you and, and Dom everywhere. Um, ring of honor seems like somewhere would be, you guys would be a great fit and there's people you've called out there. I, I don't know if you're, is, is the header picture on your, on your Twitter, is that your call out of FTR? Is that that picture? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Because like, I, I, I assumed it was based solely on Dom's face. I can see the reaction. He's like, what's this guy saying right now? Um, but, uh, but, uh, well, I, they, they gave us an open mic and told me to say whatever I wanted and said, if I wanted to talk about FTR, I could. So I said, okay, whatever. Cause well, that, are, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many people know this, but that match was supposed to happen a couple of times, like last year or like, yeah, end of 2021 to 2022, but it just like obviously they're super busy, so it never worked out with their schedule. Um, so we're waiting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to see more of that, Jeremy. It sounds like it looks like you have a, something on the tip of your tongue. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, like where was it supposed to happen? And you know, it has there been any progress towards making that happen now? Because look, they've taken independent bookings here and there, and mm-hmm. it seemed like wait, you know we mentioned it on our show of like, you don't do a call out like that unless it seems like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna come together. And so when we, when it happened, Jensen and I were both like, Oh, they're, they're probably going to get this, this match somewhere, whether it's an ROH taping or, or somewhere. So yeah. When it's, and it's like an sure. obvious dream match where like you guys have accomplished so much, like how many teams are mm-hmm. left on like that bucket list, you know what I mean? They gotta be like right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep a list of my phone of like, wrestling accomplishments, wrestling goals, and who we want to, who I want to wrestle, who we want to wrestle as a tag team. And they're right up there. Uh, and they have been for a very, very long time since we realized they were taking independent bookings. Um, there are a couple of companies uh, that it was supposed to happen. And I won't, I won't say who they are just because they, it didn't happen there. So I don't want to like put them on blast about that. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to happen to actually two different companies, uh, but it just never worked out with their schedule. And like, I, I don't know if, cause when we did extra work uh, in Nashville, the last time they were there, we actually talked to both of them and they were like, yes, like we want, we want this to happen. We're actually going to go speak to Tony Khan right now about like taking more independent bookings. And that was like, I think that was right before like they, they started winning like every single like title, the AAA, the ROH, New Japan, like they started just winning everything. So it was like obviously hard for them to take, uh and a random independent date with a tag team that tony khan knows nothing about right uh all oh, right let, let's I, not act like no. tony khan knows nothing about i assume nothing yeah. listen i assume Fair. nothing so like I, I i know i know like i i'm friends with people that he's that he's known with and tape traded with you know back in the day and like i'm sure that he watches a lot of wrestling but i don't know how much he knows of 
us as actual wrestlers. Like, I'm sure he's heard of us, but I don't know how much he actually knows of us, right? Um, because I fully believe if he knew who we actually were, we would be there right now. And, like, that's sure. that's not, like, me trying to blow smoke in my own ass. I, I'm very confident that we are two of the best tag team wrestlers or, or wrestlers, period, in the world right now. Like, look, look at our last year, year and a half, two years. Like, no one – you can't touch that with anything. Like, we've, we've been everywhere. We've done everything. And it's – we haven't stopped. Like, we never have an off day. None of our matches are off days. We always go as as hard and as good as we can. Doesn't matter if there's five fans. Doesn't matter if there's six thousand fans. We will do everything we can. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for if anyone would ever have any doubt for any reason about VIF, like just look at all the companies that have have put the like the faith in you guys to carry their titles to main event shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, to like really carry these brands when when you're when you're there and. I mean, and not just as as tag team wrestlers. I mean, you being a former action wrestling champion, Dom being a former Bone Storm champion. I mean, you guys are are individual. I mean, it, it's it's a uh, it's similar to uh, like the Motor City Machine Guns, like Shelly and Saban. Like you can put them in any situation oh, for for you know singles match, mid card title, main event, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just anything. Just get get them involved. And that's how I feel about you guys. And I've, I've been saying that for a long time. I think VIF singles and tag team, you guys are, are an asset anywhere. Man, that's a super cool uh, thing you said because Motor, Motor City Machine Guns are like probably my favorite tag team like ever. Uh, and I, I've been able to be on a lot of shows with Alex Shelley, but I've never wrestled him, either tag oh. or singles. Dom's, Dom's wrestled him once or twice, I think, but it's just, it's never happened. So like he, we both, like all four of us want it. Like he's, he's talked to us before, like, I want this to happen somewhere. We just have to figure out where, because at first Saban wasn't taking independent bookings, which I understand because he has had double knee surgery and stuff like that. But like now he's taking more and more independent dates. I'm like, okay, this is like, that's, I think that that might be tops of FTR just because of like how much we love Ring of Honor and TNA. Like that's just, that's a big dream match for sure. Were, Were you living in Nashville when TNA was in the asylum? Uh, I was like, I lived there twice, two different times. So, uh, I lived there like 2009 through 2011. So I think that they were still there or they were just, they were starting to switch over to the impact zone, uh, in in Florida. Um, but yeah, I, I never got to see any there. Like I got to wrestle at the original fairgrounds once, but I never got to see any TNA tapings there. Unfortunately. Was that for freedom pro? Yeah, 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 man. I I I went to those shows. It's funny because like when I started dipping my toes back into all of this, and around the time that I interviewed you all those years ago, like I had only really just that was like the only independent show I'd really like gone to was Freedom Pro locally, mm-hmm. and like and then Self was totally different, like the bar with like the bar vibe and everything. But yeah. uh, but Freedom Pro, those were fun shows. I mean, the, the fairgrounds is cool um historic obviously yeah it was awesome they they sold out the fairground so like that's super cool <laughs> yeah for sure and it was like i can't remember who i remember they ran a few shows there they had like a like a kevin nash show there um rockstar mm. rockstar spud headlined a lot there when he was around eric young would come around so yeah like yeah a really good mix of talent or ec3 was there i remember stuff like that mm. um but I, I wanted to ask you just so i don't forget um 
like kind of all saw it happening like in real time. As a matter of fact, you'll appreciate this. Do you recognize this? It's kind of dark in here, but <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got, got a, got a, uh, a. I don't know how I messed up my screen there. Do you see like the color of my yeah, screen? You, this you, wow, I've never done that. Yeah, there, there you go. But it's, I, it's life. Life is so much pain, and I'm so sad that it turned my screen uh, dark. Um, but uh, but yeah, I remember. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Sad Comp was the original name of Violence Is Forever. Um, and I got this T-shirt back when uh, you guys were doing the rebrand, and Dom had these at a sub yeah. show for like five bucks a pop. And, I, and me and Moe's looked at each other. We're like, Yeah, we'll, we'll take some, absolutely. Um, but uh, what what was the kind of decision? uh process of like teaming with dom because like you guys were singles wrestlers you know before and everything and then it all kind of came together um how did that all kind of happen i think that we really kind of like we started to become closer and closer friends um and we really looked at the landscape of professional wrestling in general and how like little actual tag teams there are like there's people randomly thrown together and then they'll team every once in a while and stuff like that but they'll still do their own singles thing but me and Dom really wanted to just be like a true tag team where like everything was simpatico. Like we had matching gear, we had good tag moves, we traveled together, everything. Even though we live, we still live six, seven hours apart. I just live in Chicago now. He lives, he still lives in Canton, Ohio, but like Nashville, Canton's about seven to eight. <laughs> Chicago to Canton's about seven. So like I didn't really move that far. Um, so we just wanted to like, we figured we would have more of a chance to get uh, different eyes on us, as weird as it sounds, because like when you think about it, it's really hard to bring in two people from two different states, right? And so at the beginning of our career, or of our tag career, we took a lot of L's. Like <laughs> we, we traveled in cars for like 12, 14 hours one way, just for an opportunity for like a eight minute tag match to like maybe get something cool. Um, and honestly, the sad comp thing started off as a joke and it just kind of like ran from there, oddly enough. Like Drew Cordero from Beyond said he loved the name. So we just like kind of kept it for a little while. Um, and then when we wrestled Aussie Open uh, after the Mania in New Jersey, uh they were like you guys gotta change that name like because <laughs> they're you know they're 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 good friends with like uh with with walter gunther now and like ring call they the, they yeah they had just seen him at wxw and like how like how do we pitch you guys to be serious wrestlers when you guys are serious wrestlers as a joke name like and i was like yes this makes a lot of sense it was a literally a placeholder and like we are changing it i was just like it just ran away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, I got the merch while it was available, so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it won't be ever made again, so. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, talk to us about um, Deadlock Pro Wrestling, because you guys are the, the tag team champions there. But if you got a promo on one of the recent shows, how you guys bleed, um, Orange and Black, I, I talked to uh, Johnny uh john blood and he he puts you guys over big time of like the they love it here like they they're really like they're ride or die for dpw and one mm-hmm. can you confirm that story because johnny no liar uh and, and two <laughs> just talk to me about uh just D- dpw in general no lies from john right there we <laughs> absolutely love dpw i was on i've been pretty much a day one person there because i was on their first show and like I think that they appreciated that I didn't treat them 
like a bunch of weirdos when they reached out to me completely cold about this random show in North Carolina that was like not in any large city. Um, and like, we've just kind of grown to love their style because like we talked to them a lot, especially while we were over in Japan, how like their presentation, their style is very much ring of honor in the golden era of our opinion. And like, that's how they want their wrestlers presented. And I think that we just fit in so well. Um, and like, man, their fans are crazy. Like, they're not traditional wrestling fans. They're their podcast fans that come to the show, and now they've become wrestling fans, right? So it's like they're just appreciative of what's going on in the ring. They're they're not jaded by anything. They don't care about what's going on at another company or whatever. They just love Deadlock and DPW. Like, and that's so cool to me. Like, that's that's so rare that it doesn't happen anymore. Where it's like you build a fan base from something else and then bring it into wrestling and then it grows from there. And like, it's crazy because they've only been around for a little over a year and they've already done a tour of Japan. Like who can really say that? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, and they're, they're all, they're all super cool. Like John, Tony, James, they're all so cool to work with. Like they're just so open to I, any ideas that me and Dom have. And, and they're like, they're just, they're so cool about everything. Like the cage match that we had workhorse and we were like, we want to bleed. We want to make this really special. Like we want this to be like as violent as we can in these parameters. And they're like, please do whatever you need to do. And like any like pre-tapes or promos we have to do with them, like they give us a couple bullet points, but they don't like direct us anywhere. Right. And that's another thing they do really cool. Like they think about presentation, like video packages and like, they pay for really good lighting, uh, like other productions really nice. So it's just like, it's, it's probably my favorite place to be on the Indies right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, like just the brutal violence and everything. Um, and like, just, I, 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 you reminded me of something. I've brought this match up before on the show. Um, I talked about it with, we talked about it with Moe's before here on the show. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because, I've been to quite a few um, like death matches and stuff at this point. You know, I go to a lot of GCW events when I can and that kind of stuff. You were actually a part of the most brutal match I've ever seen live in my life in the basement East one time. Um, it was you and Dom <laughs> versus Marco Stunt and Cabana Man Dan. Um, it was VIF versus They Might Be Giants. Um, you just reminded me about that, talking about your your war with the War Horseman recently. Um, can you speak to that? Because like that was. And I'll tell you a story as well from my I, some fan reaction stuff as it was happening. But um, can you can you because that was something where like y'all hadn't done anything like that in that company before. I did not see that coming. Nope. Um, and by the time it was over, I had like little Marco Stunt's blood all over my sandals and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. So um, you can kind of speak to that match a little bit because it, it it was a if you haven't seen it, go check it out if you're a fan of Deathmatch Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, Dom did it a, a, a good bit during the pandemic. He doesn't do it anymore. But, like, when we have the opportunity to do something like that, we we go all out for it. We're not going to go half speed for that, like like in our regular matches. Um, and we, always, we also want there to be, like, a reason behind it, right? We want the fans to actually care, like, why this feud is happening and culminating in something like this. Uh, so that was actually the first time I've ever – led in a match um and <laughs> it's really funny um so like as we we're putting the match together and stuff like 
Cabana Man Dan was actually about to go to Universal Studios with his family. So he was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to bleed or anything. I was like, totally cool. I'm not going to push you on that. Um, and then like he, <laughs> he comes back a little bit later and we're main event and he's like, screw it. I'm bleeding. And like, I was like, okay, here you go. So I was like, well, uh, there goes my plan for bleeding. So I was like, Marco, you're just going to have to stick with skewers in my head, bud. And I'll tell you what, that was like, I've, I, that was the first time I've ever been skewered. And that, that guy stuck skewers so hard in my brain that like, they were like probably like that far into my head. He just like kept going. I was like, please stop this. Please stop. Oh, you, you got I it. You got it. it. I was like four <laughs> from your face, dude. Like I was standing right yeah. below you watching this happen. Just, just shocked. Well, of what I was yeah. seeing. Um, it was, it was well crazy. And like, I think I, I, I'll put credit on all of us that like we, we were inventive with what type of weapons and things we did in that match. Like, uh man dance things a flip-flop thing so we put thumbtacks on flip-flops and then we use the ring like i think we just used our environment a lot better than just using like doors or like barbed wire or glass or anything i i think that we really took our time and thought about it and like that's not that's not you know putting anyone else down i just that's how i feel about something like that and i want there to be a reason behind it same reason why the workhorse and match was in a steel cage and why it was like that because there was a storyline behind it sure one and you know it was a big deal to be the main event of that sub show because if i remember correctly before the intermission was alley cat and brett for the bone storm title which is like a huge match for that company like the heart and soul of sub versus mm-hmm. the long time you know you know the the gatekeeper of the whole company was the champion at the time and brett eisen um and i remember i was talking to mo's on the balcony there at the basement east like during intermission and I was like, man, I wonder why they did the, the title match before the intermission. That's kind of strange. And then by the time the main event happened, I was like, oh, now I see why this is the main event. This is <laughs> crazy. As a matter of fact, y'all did the um, – uh, Dom, Dom took the attacks to his bare feet in that match. And then I saw Janela do sure it did. like later on AEW. And I was like, I wonder if he saw that on the sub show because obviously Janela – you know, love to hunt, love to fish. I remember all that. He was – he was he, he obviously is aware of sub rap, so – yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Joey's done it on a show before too, but obviously Dom wrestled barefoot at that time, so he had done it before that as well. So I don't know if like it was just a conscious thing between the two where they're like, okay, this is this is some some weird shit that the freaks would love. Uh, <laughs> and they obviously did really because saying, yeah, I'm not saying by the way that like Joey was... stole it. I'm just saying I saw it like not no, that no, long no, after. No, no, no. I just yeah, saw yeah. Dom do that. It's really funny. Yeah, I was like laying there watching. I was like, man, this is a bad idea that you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> did did y'all did y'all get heat from the venue? Because I was I was told that y'all were told like not to do much of that stuff. But was that not true? Uh they they didn't explicitly tell us not to we just kind of asked for forgiveness uh rather than permission so like we try to keep it as clean as possible which like i think we did an okay job of like we didn't like really as my every time there was a pre-show my big theme was don't mess with the venue because it's really nice and we like being here uh so i think everyone took that uh took that to heart and you know I I avoid at all cost if I can be main event because I am running like the back of everything, like making sure like wrestlers are okay with their match and stuff like that. And then Dom's running times and Dylan's obviously doing uh, commentary. So it's like, there's a big crew behind it, but it's like, it's hard for me to think about a match the entire time and run the back. 
So <laughs> that the couple of times that I've had to main event, I'm like, ugh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know in that venue too, like they might be running a concert like a few hours later too. So it's like crazy yeah. to get in and out of there uh, so quickly. Um, mm. And, um, oh, there was one more thing I was going to bring up um, about that, uh, that tag team match. And it's just slipping my mind. Um, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably think of it here in a second. Jeremy, you have any other questions? Are you, you talking? Oh, sorry. What was that? I was gonna say, were you gonna say the 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 bell shot that Dom gave to? Oh well, I oh so two things there. So that please hold that thought because that was the most iconic thing. I actually didn't know if you wanted to talk about that because I didn't know if there was real heat about that. And then, oh, no, no, no. Um, and then and then uh, and then um, the, what I was gonna tell you about like so just really quickly while I was while I was there, I noticed some like um, some like just tourists come into the basement east during y'all's match. And I went outside to get some air because I was I was freaking out a little bit. I was I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I get outside to get some air, and there's this family like yelling at someone who works at the venue. What the fuck is going on in this place? We were told this was like a yeah. music venue. Like we're from out of town. We just heard the bass music was a nice place to see, and they come in and they see Marco Stuntkabana man Dan walking around the blood all over themselves and you got skewers in your That's head awesome. dom got tacks on his feet yeah. our, our crazy fans are are, are are chanting like you sick fucks you sick like it's like it's a bad <laughs> honor you know what i mean and these, and these people were so confused as to what they were seeing um so i love that I to That's that. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 also yes please speak to the bell shot because i know exactly what you're talking about uh it it was like <laughs> i don't know where dom's head was at he was just like he looked at it hit and i think i think it was like kind of a receipt thing if i remember correctly because like competitor man dan did something so grab dom just grabbed the bell and hit him with it and like <laughs> i saw the footage i was like what the hell was that dom and like competitor man dan was completely fine obviously like he said he, he said he didn't really feel anything but it was like the thud of it i was like jesus christ like you really went for it hey eh? uh and and then he did the like why am I so violent thing looking at it like, Oh shit, what did I just do? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a funny joke between all of us now, you know, it, I, I, I'm sure at the time he was like, damn, I really, I really wailed him with that. I probably shouldn't have done that, but you know, it's, it's the heat of the moment. A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That for those of you who haven't seen this, go check it out. It is a, it is a bell shot from Dominic Garini to the head of Cabana man, Dan. And it, as Q said, it's just, a, it's like a, it's like a, just an uncomfortable thud. It's just like a vibe throughout yeah. the building. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how like he was like awake after that because I was just like, God damn, that was loud. Like, what, what, what just happened over there? And like, looking back, I was like, ah, oh, nice. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, he's got a really hard head, so it's like good on him. Uh, I know we gotta let you go here soon, so I, I want to make sure we ask this. Oh, no, we no, ask no. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, if if we had a little bit more time, then I, I want to ask yeah, about. Yeah, we got more your... time. Okay, then I want to so. ask about your your trip to Japan because I believe it was the first time you went over there to to wrestle. So, what was that that experience like over there? Man, it was my first time wrestling and just being there in general. It was legitimately the coolest place I've ever been to, and like, I've been to almost every state in the U.S. I've been to Germany. I've been to the U.K. I've been to France. It is legitimately the nicest, cleanest, coolest place I've been in my life. Like, just wrestling-wise, like, every venue is clean. Like, the ring's already there. All the rings are nice. Every bathroom in the venue has a bidet. Like, the fans are so respectable and nice. Like, 
I've just never experienced something quite that efficient in my life, like anything at all. It was just, it was mind boggling. It was just like, man, how am I going to go back to the American Indies after experiencing this? And I'm sure a lot of Americans that go over there are like that too, right? Especially the ones that do like big tours with like New Japan or Noah or something like that. They're like, and then they, they come to like, I don't know, like Mississippi or something like, man, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, so it was just like, it was, I'm so appreciative of Deadlock to give us that uh, opportunity and experience. And um like it, it, that was just truly a dream come true for me and Dom. Cause like that was a big bucket list thing for us to do. It was just like, didn't matter how it happened. We wanted to wrestle in Japan. Didn't. And just the fact that it was for DPW was just like the icing on the cake. Right. Um, just because we've, we've put so much into that company and they've given us a lot of trust. So I'm glad that they trusted us enough to represent them overseas. It's like, we were the only people that that we that were from the like American Deadlock crew that came over there, um, so it was really cool. Uh, and like just and, and then I spent um, like another week on vacation there, <laughs> so it was just like I, I got to go to a DDT show, I got to look at temples, I got to go to Disney. It was just like so cool, man. I, I truly cannot wait to go back. That uh, how long is the plane ride? Uh, there it was like 13 and a half coming home. It was like 12. So it was like, it was a bit rough, uh, just cause I have a bad back. So like sitting in those seats, like they're a bit bigger, but it's still like you get stir crazy. And I made the mistake of not sleeping there or coming back just cause I was like, Oh, I'll, my internal clock would be good if I don't sleep. <laughs> Stupid of me. I, my, I was just destroyed. Like, we land, when we when we got there we landed at like 3 p.m. their time and I left Chicago noon my time so it was like a complete mind fuck I was like what the fuck is going on and then we had to like walk to find our hotel and like luckily a lot of the like all the transit is in English so like it's it's rather easy to find um, but then finding the actual place where we we're staying was quite hard so we had to like call people to figure it out but it was just like I was like okay I have food in me. I, I went to 7-Eleven, I got some food, I was good to go, and then I just crashed until, like, I woke up at, like, 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, Japan time, and I was like, well, I'm awake now, I have to wrestle today, I guess I'm going to go to McDonald's, and, like, Japanese McDonald's is sick, man, like, you know, you go to McDonald's here, and the workers are kind of begrudging, because they because everyone treats them like shit there, but, like, man, they were so nice and respectful and clean at that McDonald's, and, like, oh, it just hit so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then that. coming back home i didn't sleep at all either so i'm just now okay and i've been back for like two weeks or something like that and like i for the for like four days after i got home i just slept on my couch like for for like 12 hours at a time because i just like couldn't i couldn't get myself together and then i had to wrestle like a week after that and i was just like okay <laughs> let's go so i, I don't i don't know how people like uh, I, was oh, saying, I don't know how people just go from Japan to America, wrestle the day, and then go back. It's, that's just insane to me. Like, what is what is what is that? No, not for me at all. No, I, well, I don't know how to wrestle, obviously, but just the travel. Like, no. Jensen, you can't get on a flight at all. I can't anymore. fly. Period. I, mean, yeah, I can, can, but I get sick. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Q, just really quickly, did you just reminded me, is, is your bad back at all because of the broken neck from before? Does that have anything to do with that? Or is that all like, totally? Uh, most, more, more than likely, like, I, I just have a bad back from, like, poor posture and, like, playing in bands and skating all my life. So it's, like, the, the neck definitely is a contributing factor to it probably, but it's compounding with, like, bumping in a wrestling ring for the past eight, nine years of my life. So it's just like, (laughs) I think, I think every wrestler inherently has a bad back. Uh, We just kind of deal with it in different ways. Well, for those of who might not know this, and this had to have been already, I don't know, maybe what five or so years ago when, when you had that match with Angelus and Angelus Lane, that is, and and, uh, you legitimately suffered a broken neck and you were wrestling like just like a couple months later, it felt like, like you had just like no time off. Yeah, so I, I fractured two vertebrae, um, and when I went to the doctor, they told me that I could have surgery, but I could also just do heavy physical therapy, and I would probably be fine. So I was like, okay, I don't feel like doing surgery. So I just did three times a week of physical therapy for five months straight, and then I wrestled at BLP. Uh, that was my first show back. Um, and luckily it was like in a four way. So I had some time to like acclimate myself back in, but it, I, I would say it took me a good, like three months after starting to wrestle again to really like get back in the swing of things. Gotcha. gotcha. I know. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jensen. Oh, I was going to say, I know, I know around that time, a guy in, I just wanted to get some thoughts on, on Dylan Hales real quick, because I, I know that he's a guy who has always been like a Kevin Koo guy. Like before anyone else, I felt like I was always seeing uh, Dylan Hales talking about you. And I know you guys work together, you know, running stuff and everything. And he does so much for the Southeast scene, really the independent wrestling scene in general. But, you know, I get to see him in the Southeast, of course. Um, can you kind of speak a, a bit toward uh, about, about Dylan Hales? Because people might know him as like a commentator for, for various shows, but they may not understand like how important he is behind the scenes for all this stuff. Yeah, man. Like he, like we used to ride together from, I picked him up in Chattanooga to ride to action uh, all the time. And we would just talk about like life music and stuff like that. And like the amount of stuff that guy does for IWTV and wrestling in general is crazy like people people wouldn't be nor people wouldn't be able to do it like he just does so much stuff and he never sleeps either i mean that's his insomnia but also he just never sleeps because he's working all the time he is legitimately like the biggest workhorse in independent wrestling right now like i don't think that i be iwtv would be running if it wasn't for him honestly um and like he it's just it, it it's good also that he's just a good person right like he i would come to him with my life problems like and he would have a lot of really good insight because he's been around and we've kind of walked the same path in a lot of senses. Um, so I, I go to him for a lot of stuff. And like, since I moved to Chicago, we haven't, we haven't like really kept up as much and I kind of hate that. Um, so I need to text him after this. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's legitimately like one of the hardest workers in wrestling. Like if you like all the problems that people will say with IWTV, like, like their account is working or something like that usually goes to him. Like he's always troubleshooting something or another. And he used to be, I don't know if he still does it, but he was the one that would like launch the streams while he was like calling a show for action or TWE or sup or something like that. Like he would be doing everything. So like, I don't, I truly just don't know how he has the bandwidth for that stuff. 
I, I was going to, to ask you about uh, who has hit you the hardest because you've been in the ring with a lot of guys who hit very hard, including your own tag team partner. And I feel like sometimes the tag team partner <laughs> might hit you a little bit harder because they know it's okay. We've also been in there with, yeah. with guys like Tom Waller who, who hits hard and Josh Bishop who hits hard. Like who has hit you the hardest? Uh, I'll go by the, the hardest choppers. I'll, I'll say this first. Okay. Uh, one of our first uh, singles matches me and Dom ever had, he chipped my tooth. Uh, <laughs> so he hits quite hard. Um, but the, the 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 top hardest choppers were Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Jonathan Gresham, Eddie Edwards, Tom Waller for sure, and Gary J. I think that those are my mm-hmm. top five that I've, I've been in the ring with personally. I mean, people say, oh, this person chops hard, but I haven't been in the ring with them. So, you know, that's 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 me. Uh Eddie Edwards chopped me like three times, I think. And it's legitimately felt like I was in just like a chop battle with someone. Like I chopped like 50 times. Like what the hell is going on? And then Tom just has like massive, like legit frying pan hands. Like it's crazy. Like, and he just like, I mean, he's, he's, he's a legitimate combat athlete. So like he knows how to throw hands. Right. Uh, Gary is just really bony and has big hands. Uh, Gresham is like, this was before Kurt Gresham when he was like quite small or like smaller in, in uh, frame. And like, he just like chops you in the collarbone because he has to like kind of come up at you. I'm like, God, oh, damn, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> and, and Tracy Williams is like, he's also another bony person, but he's just like, has a lot of power behind him. So like, yeah, those are probably the, the people. And he forearms really hard too. So those are probably the people that have hit me the hardest in wrestling. You and Hot Sauce, that was at SUP, right? Yes, that was. We've had yeah. two tag matches and a singles match. Gotcha. Because that singles match was at SUP. Because that, that was that was a that was a great match. I remember that one. Um, that was really good. That might have been the night that Marco oh. beat Dom for the title. Maybe it might have Correct. happened that night. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I got a pretty good memory for SUP. I I, I, I mean, I love I, I love those shows, man. Like that's that was that was my, awesome. that was my jam. Um. Jeremy, more you got uh, more questions? We we have one question we ask everybody, but it's kind of one of the, our kind of wrap up questions. I, I was yeah. gonna ask. We've we've talked a little bit about like different goals, different matches that that you would like. But what to to you is your your goal in wrestling moving forward? Short term, short that short term and long term. Short term is growing the independent scene and making it viable for people to make a living here right it, it is viable right but it's i don't think everyone knows how to do it like effie's really 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 good at it like he makes a living off of the independent wrestling himself because he markets himself and he works his ass off on it um but i want independent wrestling to be seen in the same light that i saw it when i first started watching it and i feel like it's kind of like taking a dip recently uh i don't know if it's due to like everyone being signed or like thinking that they're signed because they worked dark one time or some shit um but i just wanted to be like back to where everyone was hyped about an indie show going on um and every indie show it doesn't have to be just one promotion right um long term i would you know i would love for this to like be a super viable job like where i make a very comfortable living off of like be it in a rest like actually wrestling in a ring backstage roles refereeing whatever like i just want to be involved in wrestling to where i can give back um and it doesn't have to be like 
It doesn't have to be WWE or AEW. Maybe that's not my path. Maybe I go to Japan and that's my path there. Who knows? Um, it's I, I have the goals written down on my phone, but I also try not to think too hard on it because then I stress myself out. Like, why isn't this happening now? All my other peers are at this level. Why am I not at this level? So it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really hard for me to like really step back and appreciate things that I've done so far. It is all about, you know, just living, living in that moment. And I know a lot of people say that. And a lot of people say, well, it's very hard to do when you're in that moment. But then you look back and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should have enjoyed that more. Speaking as a fan that does not have the photographic memory of SUP like Steven Jensen does, I really love what you and Dominic have done. We, we've spotlighted you guys a bunch of times on our show. And again, I think for, for my money, you guys are the best independent wrestling tag team out there. And so I appreciate all the work that you've done. And look, I'm rooting for both of you guys, whatever that, that path, that journey is. I, I, I love that you love DPW. I, I joke about Johnny being a liar, but that's a company that I'm really rooting for as well because of how it started. I've got a very small relationship friendship with Johnny. And so I'm rooting for his success as well. Um, I love that you guys are, are so like just, uh flag in the ground for for that company because i i mm-hmm. i hope i hope the best for for them and that everybody who works there yep us too uh, that's dpw is our home right now so uh last one uh we ask everybody coolest thing in your room uh i have multiple rooms this is my office uh that my wife gave to me because she has her own office and then uh let's see Hmm. Coolest thing in my in this room currently. Okay, I'm gonna seem like a real weirdo nerd about this, but hold on one second. No, yes, please show us. We've we've had a lot of random things that you would not suspect pop up during this segment. Absolutely. This is my gigantic razor crest, my Lego razor oh my crest. Oh wow! Uh, that I built when my wife went to Italy, uh, and I got really sad and bored. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, okay, explain, I bought that and, and built it. Explain Very what cool. the the Razor Crest is to to people who may not know. Uh, it's from the, the the Star Wars TV show Mandalorian. Uh, it's his ship that he had in the first two seasons. Uh, it's now blown up. Weird nerd shit, uh, but it's like <laughs> it's one of the bigger sets that Lego has ever introduced. Like I'm a, I'm a big Lego guy because it helps me a lot with like stress and anxiety to just build stuff. So, like, this room is is quite filled with different types of Lego stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just, like, cool space thing. And, like, I love Star Wars. Like, that's, that's like, one of my earliest memories. Like, as uh, a young child slash teenager with my mother, she took me to see the re-release of New Hope in theaters when, it, when they first re-released it. So, like, that's always a special thing between us. So, like, I'll always have a special place in my heart for Star Wars and now it's really popping off. Like I'm so jealous of like all the cool stuff these kids get now. Like they, I, go, I go to Target and they have so much cool toys. And like, damn, I wish I had this when I was a kid. Hey, cute. Even better. We got them when we're 30, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can pay for it myself. So exactly. Exactly. I mean, look behind me, dude. I'm out here collecting all the stuff I couldn't get when I was a kid. So I, I mean, I get yeah. it. Um, l- last question I got for you, Kevin is, um, I, 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 we'll, we'll do a, a Dave Meltzer five-star scale on this. What would you rate the new Zelda game? Ooh, I'm currently playing it right now. 
so I literally just got to the part like where the the actual missions, uh, the main missions. So I'm I'm saying five star right now, just because like right I love breath, I love Breath of the Wild when it first came out. Like I binged the hell out of that, and like I specifically, I was so bummed because this game came out six days after I got back from Japan because my plan was to just play this on the flight, uh, but I couldn't do it. Uh, so like it's the it's so beautiful. Like the 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 graphics on it are insane. The fact that they can put that in a handheld game like a Nintendo Switch is just crazy to me coming from like, you know, dating myself from like the original Game Boy and stuff like that. Like that's just, it's just mind blowing how good things have gotten now. Yes. I haven't played yet, but I do have a Nintendo Switch. I do plan on playing it soon, but I've seen nothing but good stuff. And I, I was scrolling your Twitter earlier. I saw that you had gotten it. So I, I wanted, wanted a, little, oh, yeah. a quick little review ski there. So I appreciate that. Oh. Yeah. That's everything I've oh, got. Yeah. Jeremy, you got anything left? <laughs> oh no! I was gonna, I was gonna like Kevin, you know, give give him a chance to promote himself, let everybody know where they where they can find him at, any upcoming events, dates, anything you want to plug and promote. Uh, I do have a DPW show uh, on Saturday. Um, we are facing MSP. Uh, they're a tag team that we've faced quite a quite a bit now, and I think that this is like the best version of them. It's for our tag team titles, and if we win this, we will have set the record for most tag team defenses in DPW. Uh, so that's what we're gunning for. Um, you can find me most anywhere. Like like I said, we're not tied down anywhere, so we're at most independent promotions. Uh, I see that you have my little Twitter handle there. It's the same on Instagram. That I keep everything updated. You'll see pictures of my cat and my dog on there, um, if that's what you're into. Thank you, man. We we really appreciate yes. it. Everyone go follow Kevin on Twitter. Uh, show him some love. Show show uh, Violence is Forever some love. Show DPW some love. And uh, yeah, man, we appreciate it. Thank you again for, for joining us. This is great. And guys, uh, we'll be right back here on the spot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.